My name is Nikki Mixon, and I'm a superhero in the field of pest management at San Francisco Public Works. I am the Senior Integrated Pest Management Specialist. So I am responsible for any request that we get for pest control services throughout any of the property that we maintain. I've been with Public Works since March 19th, 2001. That's how long I've been here. When I was 19, I said my goal by the time I'm 25 is to become a city gardener. So I had my interview with Public Works on my 25th birthday, and I've been here ever since. I got my start in this career. I was, when I was 19, I was in the San Francisco Conservation Corps, and I became a landscape specialist there. And I did landscape maintenance for a year in Fort Mason. After that, I really didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. You know, I was young. And then I was a messenger for a year, trying to figure everything out. And then I saw some folks doing um, street tree maintenance. And I was like, how do you get that job? They were like, go to City College. So I went to City College and then I did some landscape, some residential landscape work in the East Bay at the same time. So basically what I did was create my own apprenticeship. I was working in the East Bay during the day in landscaping and going to City College at night back in San Francisco. So that's what I did for about a year and a half. I think it's always appealed to me. I've never been the type of person to stay in the house. Even when I was a kid, I was, you know, the one my mom would literally have to come get me to come in the house. I was outside all day long. So, yeah, so I, I'm not going to say that I'm like super like a nature person, but I'm most definitely an urban nature person. Most definitely go to parks, you know, hang out with my cousins, ride our bikes to the parks on the weekends, you know, just kind of explored the city all the time. So, and I'm a native San Franciscan. I wanted to beautify the city. When I first started, I would say my favorite area used to be Dolores Street, mowing Dolores, you know, just sometimes stopping at the top of the hill with the mower and just kind of looking at the undulation of the hillside, the hills and things like that. But now, or going up to Twin Peaks and just be like, I maintain this city, like, you know, like Scarface, this is mine, you know, but, you know, I just think that just looking at the total city, looking at all the trees, the canopies and just everything that we maintain and just taking all that in and just be like, I'm a part of this. And, you know, sometimes you don't put it in perspective as in I've been a part of this for over 20 years. So I've had my hand in it and other folks have had their hand in it as well. When I started here, of course, I was one of the youngest people on staff. But early on in my career, I had an opportunity to be an acting supervisor when I was a gardener for Jima Brown, who was my supervisor at the time. I was, uh, I'm, I'm gonna say I'm still an introvert, but I was most definitely an introvert at that time. And, I, and it scared me because I was basically thrown into being a supervisor and I was successful at it. So I kind of stayed on that pathway of trying to become a supervisor. 
I wasn't successful at it for reasons I'm not sure. So then I took a different pathway and became an IPM specialist, which is an integrated pest management specialist. And I really liked that work. So from there, I went back to school, had to get some science credits to qualify to take the exam to be a pest control advisor, which is basically like the one who writes the prescriptions for the folks that are doing the work. So I did that and then it was just so crazy because when I first seen the job announcement, I was like, there's no way I'm gonna qualify for this job. So by the time, you know, five years later, and you know how city time is, I actually qualified and I took the exam for the senior integrated pest management specialist and I scored number one on that exam and that's where I am right now. But I didn't see the vision for myself at the time. I think I was a little intimidated by the amount of experience they wanted and the educational background that went along with it. So I'm the first person to ever hold this position in the city. So that kind of set the pace for women and for people of color, you know, that it's possible to accomplish this. And I think I'm the only African-American woman in the state of California that actually holds a pest control advisor's license. It's not common to be in this field or to hold that license as well. I think of it as a stepping stone for others to accomplish something. I use it as a leadership tool, most definitely, to show other folks that, you know, came from same environments that I came from that you can accomplish things that you probably thought you couldn't at first. I just use it as a tool, you know, and I've helped other people of color get their pest control licenses that work for the city as well. So that's kind of how I use it. I'm most definitely humble about a lot of things that I've accomplished. I don't talk myself up that much, but I just, I'm more of a person of action, you know, showing people how to accomplish things. I feel like there are more opportunities because there are more women in leadership roles. So I see that that is being a positive influence. But I think at the same time, a lot of women don't think that they would fit into this career pathway. I think we have to start talking to women, you know, young women when they're in school about, you know, especially being in trades and things like that, where you can actually make a good living by being in the trades or, you know, working outdoors. So I, I think that's where we, we need to start focusing on that mindset of people in high school, you know, or even younger. I think it's perception. And I also think that it's the fact that we're not reaching down enough. Most definitely, we're not creating those opportunities for us to be engaged with younger uh, women to foster those mindsets of them being able to do non-traditional jobs, even though there's no such thing as traditional anymore, you know. I think one of the barriers for female leadership is having the confidence in themselves about them having the ability to do their job right and well. I think sometimes as females, we second guess ourselves a lot more than males because, you know, 
the world is a male dominated world. So we don't think that we're making the right decisions. So I think once you get over that hurdle, then, then you're all good. I mean, there were times where I didn't second guess myself, but I was quietly improving myself. Most definitely. I've had times where I've been more reserved. And in those times I was probably um, studying for some type of exam or studying in ways to become a better uh, supervisor or a better manager or just understanding um, the dynamics of management. So yeah, there's most definitely been times where I've been more quiet, reserved, and then you know, bringing that stuff out later. I do think I have, I have moments of self-doubt weekly, but what I normally do with my moments of self-doubt is I will analyze it and try to figure out how to make the situation better. Cause one thing that I don't do is avoid things. I most definitely try to handle things head on or, or try to problem solve them as much as I possibly can because I don't want it to linger and then I have to deal with it later. And I do think that that's probably one of the main skills that I've developed here, especially in supervisor, being in a supervisor role because you have to have, you know, what we call professionally difficult conversations all the time. So sometimes you have to have difficult conversations with yourself and just try to solve your own problems as well. I probably have faced barriers for being a woman, but being where I'm from, I'm just used to fighting. So I'm just a fighter. I'm gonna fight every day. If it's for workers' rights, or if it's for my space and where I'm at, I'm gonna fight. I've always been a fighter, so. I've stuck up for kids. I mean, I get stories to this day. Oh, Nikki, remember that time you stopped that person from kicking my butt on the Muni bus back in the day? I'll be like, I did that? So yeah, it's, it's always, always been there. There's most definitely been times where I've felt like I've been treated differently. Um, still to this day, I feel like there are moments where I'm being treated differently, not just because I'm a woman, but also because I'm an African-American woman. And I just keep fighting, like always. I just keep beating the drum, you know, in the workplace, most definitely. To not just be heard, but to be seen as well as somebody who has great ideas and somebody who is on equal ground when we're discussing certain subject matters within the workplace that I have probably have more experience with than somebody who is sitting behind a desk 100% of the time or 95% of the time. In a moment, sometimes I think that my morale is l probably lowered when I don't feel that I'm being heard, but I don't let it sink too low within myself that is going to affect my self-esteem. I most definitely keep it at a, at a surface level. And then what I'll do is have a conversation with the individual about what's going on and let's try to figure this out and, and problem solve it. But for the most part, I... I think I'm pretty much respected here for, you know, ideas and, and things like that. I haven't, I haven't let public works down yet. How do I lead people? I lead by example. If I'm working, we're all working. That's one approach. 
I most definitely listen with my ears and my eyes when I'm having conversations with people. I'll stop what I'm doing. And then I think it's important for you to sometimes get out there and just work with the people and to also share your story with employees of times that you were not successful in doing something. I think so they can see, you know, that you're, you don't put yourself on a pedestal. You don't act like you're perfect and you can have real conversations with folks. And I think that that's very important. And just to be knowledgeable about the field you're in or other aspects of working for the government as well. Like, you know, the bureaucracy, which is a part of it. But how do you how do you get through those things instead of continuously being frustrated all the time? Let's let's try to work on this problem together. Let's solve it together. I really like solving problems with people. I love solving problems. This is the perfect field to do that in because it's literally you versus nature. So what how, how are you and nature going to work against each other or how are you going to work together? It's always evolving it's a living and breathing space. You know, it's not a building. And I think sometimes when people work indoors, they don't understand that it's not easy maintaining living spaces. When I train people on like say pruning a shrub or a small tree, I would say make it beautiful, but no one should know that you were there. That's my approach for maintenance, especially when it comes to shrubs. No one should know that you touched it, but they will see how beautiful it is. Like, you know, you did do something, but they're not sure what it was, but it's there. I'm most definitely proud of my whole career. But one of the things I'm most definitely proud of is solving the rodent problem at UN Plaza, which was disgusting. And I mean, I loved it because it was just everything just came together all at once. Like I got to meet like the rat guru of the whole world. He just happened to be here and he came to UN Plaza and hung out with us. We went to lunch. Dr. Bobby Corrigan, he's like this guy, He lived, he's from New York. And you know, he just went over the whole plaza with us and just was like, it was just so amazing just to have like a superstar, like pest control person. I didn't take any pictures cause you know, I didn't, you know, I didn't want to be like, you know, like a groupie or whatever, <laughs> but I, it was great. It was a great opportunity just to like, be with somebody who was, who's been in the field for like 40 years to just be as passionate about this as you. The work I do for the city and county of San Francisco is very important because it's amazing to be a part of something bigger than myself. I think urban environments should always have green space. I think it's calming even for the folks that are working in the environment. And of course, you know, it helps with uh, keeping the air clean, things that I've, I've learned on the way going through uh, environmental science. And I think it's important for kids to have outdoor space as well, you know, just to be able to see a tree. Because when you see a tree, then you see the habitat that's in the tree. You get to see the insects, you get to see the, you get to see the bigger bugs, and then you also get to see the birds, the bees, 
and butterflies and all those things are beautiful. So I think why not be a part of that as a human? What, what can you contribute to that environment? Thank you for listening to Snapshots, a public works podcast. 